A big welcome to Guna Podcast 134. This is being done on the Tuesday night after the FA Cup third round win v Hull. This podcast is hosted by the fabulous Pybury Corner. More than just a pie and mashup, our new hosts are the UK's first ever pie deli. They sell some fantastic nosh, including many named after Arsenal players. Tonight I had the Ray Parlour, which was delicious. We also doing this podcast here so you may hear some background noise as the dudes go about their mash orders anyway on to proceedings i'm your host mark hollington but more importantly here is your panel first up is the man who gets more tattoos every time i see him (laughs) he has more opinions than a big book of views and he's appeared on this pod more times than anyone else it's my friend and yours david udo evening everyone next is a man who has been doing this podcast since the very start he changed his name more than Prince, though take it from me, he's a lot taller than the purple one. But he's just as much of a lady's name. It is the one and only Mustafa Goldstein. Hello! And last, but never least, bringing a bit of class to proceedings, is the founder of the Offside <coughs> Sports Photo Agency, a long-time friend of the Guna, and a man that's been snapping Arsenal since the early 70s. He has appeared on the, co- on the pod a couple of times and has provided us with some brilliant anecdotes. No pressure for more of the same. Hello to Mark Leach. Good evening, folks. So, let's start with the big hot topic. Why are we struggling away from home so often this season? In December, Stoke, Liverpool and Southampton performances were very poor. Why? Let's start with you, Basti. Uh, we're not very good, um, uh, essentially. We're not. We're, we're a jellyfish without a spine down the middle. Um, we don't have Petit and Vieira sitting in front of the back four, and, um, and Ch- Chesney's behind them having a, a puff. Um, you know, it's just not really happening, um, sir. <laughs> David, um, home form has been generally good over Christmas, right? Yep. But um, why away from home? Is there any difference? They're, they're two different games. Um, when Arsenal play at home, teams come to the Emirates thinking, you know what, I mean, Arsenal, they're at home, they're going to attack us. If we can hold it off, nick a goal from a corner, and we will nick a goal from a corner, um, you know, we'll get a 1 0 win, maybe sneak a 1 all, but don't don't push them, otherwise they'll counter attack and score. But away from home is vice versa. People are thinking we're at home to Arsenal, let's have a go at this lot. They don't like it when it's up them, and we don't. So I think it's sheer cowardice when we're away from home and we get beaten by a team that wants it more than we do. Simple as that, not tactics, Mark, would you say? Well, I'm, I'm never sure I'd get a different answer, but I wonder who, who sets up the defence for corners. People say it's up to the goalkeeper. Does he want anyone on the post? And when that Liverpool-Arsenal game, last minute, just ricochets off Skirtle's head and sails into a, a huge gap where you could have had your back turned, he could have hit you on the head, you could have saved a goal there. I don't know. Is can, Mike and the manager say it's up to you, keeper, and he's going to keep doing that? That's the most ridiculous goal. But I think really our best performance away from home has been the comeback at Stoke to lose three two from being four 0 down. I thought was uh, you know that was one of the performances, the turnaround. But I, I I don't know you guys. Part of me was wishing that fourth goal had been given, and they would have wiped the floor. Then we'd have had to say there is a problem. It would have been writ large. There is a problem. Yeah, three two at Stoke doesn't look too bad, does it? In the you know the paper, but uh, I think papering over the cracks again and again. And the Southampton game, as you say, keeper again. Uh, but back four looked asleep. Joe, back four actually turned up. I'm not convinced. Well, well, David, as we all all know, the club's reputation was built on a solid defence. Is this Arsenal as we know it? Does Arsenal think they need a history lesson? Yeah, I mean, I think he got lucky with the two very, very good defences he, he's had since he's been at Arsenal. I mean, he inherited the Magic back five, um, uh, which had a reserve centre-half. I mean, when you've got Bold, Adams, Dixon, Winterburn and Seaman, you've got Keown on the bench, that, that, that's a luxury. It came to the, the next really good back four that we got. 
Uh, Ashley Cole, that was fortunate, as it turned out that Silvino's passport wasn't necessarily genuine, so he had to throw Ashley Cole in. Um, Lauren was an accidental right-back. Fenger had no interest in Sol Campbell because he cost some money, and David Dean sorted that out. And Colo Toure, the five foot eight inch um, Ivorian central midfield player, wasn't a natural um, defender at all. Fenger got lucky, but then when they left, he had to build a new defence, and he's tried, but he's failed. He's got a, he's got a couple of rel- relatively good centre halves, but even though they work okay together, not all the time, his fullbacks are questionable. And let's face it, even though he's got a magic centre half as his assistant manager, it looks as though his only duty is putting the cones out. Vasti, well, agree with that? Yeah, I do. And I, I think that the, one of the problems with the Arsenal defence is what's in front of the defence. If all you've got is Flamini and or Arteta. Uh, the two smallest men on the pitch as the sort of hard man in front of defence saying you shall not pass they're going to pass and then essentially the whole team's stretched at that point um, when really you want a buffer you want someone and that's why I mentioned Petit and Vieira earlier because they were not only able to stop people getting anywhere near the the defence or at least you know you'll end up with uh, with 80% or 70% less traffic than you would if you don't have them there. And plus, they can pass the ball. Plus, they were great players all round. So that's what, for me, that's what's that's what's missing there at the moment. Because even if you've got um, any of the other midfield players who can play in that defensive midfield role, that all our midfield players, they're all kind of flag going forward players. They're not. There's no one who can just say, you know what, I'm going to be the rock in front of Mertesacker and Koscielny and, and give young players like um, uh, uh, Chambers uh, a, a bit, of, bit, bit of protection, basically. We haven't got any protection. Uh, I'm quite happy with Debushi. I, th- I think he's someone who, um, he looks like a proper grown-up player, you know. Um, and uh, I think we've got to stop buying 16-year-olds and 8-year-olds and 4-year-olds and, and people in antenatal care because uh, it's all this future is all nice and fine. What about now? You know, the next game. We need big, strong, grown-up players who can go and uh, bully other teams. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the transfer window then and see if we'll get anybody in. We've got a question via Twitter from Steve Hawkridge, known as Guna239 in the Twitter sphere. And he says, do the panel have any faith that this transfer window will differ from others? And if so, why? Mark, let's start with you well, on that one. I could give a very short answer, and it's no. Um, <laughs> next. No, I, I can't. I mean, I don't like to get involved in all the speculation. It's quite tiring. And, you know, somebody will say, oh, I was up in Belsize Park and I saw, you know, Messi looking at flats up there. There's always oh, going to be those you've, um, people. You've met Basti, have you? <laughs> <laughs> I've never been to Belsize Park <laughs> in my life. But it's that kind of thing. But no, I, I, I've got no confidence. I mean, as you say, the right players. I mean, going back to Basti's point, uh, uh, Dave's point, about Keown being in reserve, the, we had Edu on the bench then, waiting Edu, to, Edu, to come Edu, in. Edu. Imagine having him on the bench as your, all right, then you have a go today player. Yeah. It's really, unless there is somebody, and part of you does have this mental faith, you keep going back to it, he'll sort us out, he'll go and get the right player. But, I mean, Ramsey's been playing in one of those two positions in front of the back four. You know, highlighted, it spells it out, the match of the day. There you are, 2-1 up. And uh, 3-0 up against Andlet, you're going for the extra goals. Yeah. And it's just, if, if you get the player, who's going to coach him and tell him, you stay there? It doesn't seem to be any instruction. Whoever plays there, surely they're going to be yelled the bench, you, don't cross that halfway line now, we've got this game. I don't see that. That's quite a depressing thought. Um, Dave, are you feeling any good vibes about the transfer window? Anything positive coming from you? Not really. I mean, it, you see an awful lot of stories at the moment that apparently you're after Christian Bielik, um, a 16-year-old defender, uh, sorry, central defender slash defensive midfielder. Um, he fits Wenger's type in the sense that he is cheap. Apparently, uh, our bid is at £1.6 million and they want a colossal £2.3 million, uh, which will be two and a half months' wages for Falcao at Manchester United. Um, but we'll eventually separate that money by the 31st of January if we're lucky. Um, the alternative to that is there's an awful lot of rumours about Loic Perrin at uh, Saint-Étienne. He's 30 years old. 
He's a centre-half slash defensive midfielder. Not good enough for the French team, but he's cheap as mustard. He's about £5 a bottle. You know, so we'll, we'll probably get him, I would have thought. But it's a shame. It's a shame. Although, um, when, when you've spoken to my colleague, Mr. Uh, Mr. Goldstein, I'll, I'll tell you my theory, which will certainly come true in this uh, particular window. So there, Mr. Goldstein? Um, I've been called Basti and Mr. Goldstein in this I one. You're say, confusing you, the listeners. You have many pseudonyms. Like, you are like Prince. I Just call me Prince. And you are very funky. You don't have to be beautiful. <laughs> Uh, I think we should get the beast from AFC Wimbledon and just lie him down <laughs> in front of Murta Sacra and Koscielny. And uh, that's that. We're sorted. We've got Petit and Vieira in one. And did you see the skills? I mean, he was very good against Liverpool yesterday. Um, uh, yes, I don't have a clue what we're going to do. I know all what I do this time of year is what I, do watch, you do best, I go to the BBC web, website and I go down the gossip bit and I always read it and I get all excited about all these great like Kadira and all these players <laughs> we're going to buy and then come come off the 11th hour, you know, if we get a, a murder sacker or someone, it will be a miracle. I, I really don't, you know, I, like Mark, I don't hold out much hope. I've lost faith in our buying policy. Uh, I think we should buy Podolsky back quickly, actually. So, to, uh, to you, Steve Hawkridge, to answer your question, the answer is no. The panel have no faith in this transfer window. <laughs> Not a lot. No. Thank you for the question, no, Steve. Another question from Twitter. Oh, we'll, if, I, if I may, sorry, David, what I can guarantee is going to happen. Yeah, this, in my, in this my, um, better be good. In my, oh, you'll like this. Okay. It'll make you all angry. David's got a theory. <laughs> David's got a theory. For the age of 30, Bender will win World Player of the Year. Now, um, we've got a habit of buying someone that we really, really don't need in a transfer window purely for the sake of it, uh, as if we're trying to convince the fa- sorry, not fans, customers, whatever we're called nowadays, um, that we know what we're doing. Um, I'm pretty certain that even though we plainly need a centre-half or defensive midfielder or both, it'll get to the 31st of January and Arsenal will do what they always do, but they don't need, and that will be the £27 million Edison Cavani from Paris Saint-Germain. He's on his way out of Paris Saint-Germain. Nobody else wants him or needs him. We'll buy him for the sake of it. We didn't need Ozil two summers ago. Uh, we needed a centre-forward, so we bought another number 10 for them to throw on the left wing, which he's got a habit of doing. Spending £42.5 million just for the sake it. This summer, we need, we just got rid of Amal, we need a centre half, in which case I'm going to pay £16 million for a young right back, who I already tell you, by the age of 28, he's going to be a defensive midfielder, and we wait until the end of, uh, sorry, the beginning of January to play him in defensive midfield, and he gets absolutely swamped against Southampton. We don't need Cavani, but it's an excuse to spend £27 million to try and sell some shirts or something like that, I think that'll happen. Well, you heard it here first on the Guna podcast, David Udo. We will hold you to that. Well, his song will be Cavani, Cavani, because <laughs> we'll sell Flamini as well. What, in this transfer window? Well, I think we should. Will we do? As soon as possible. Okay. Next question from on Twitter. This one from Muzan Hassan. And also, Michael Nichol asked a very similar question. Well, Michael says, what the fuck is wrong with Chesney? Whereas Muzan Hassan says, is Chesney good enough to play for a top side? And as we all know out there in podcast land, um, our esteemed keeper was caught smoking in the shower the other day. Um, Quite how that works, I've got no idea. Surely the water would put out the cigarette. But anyway, if I could start with you, Mahok, on our uh, number one. Who spotted him in the shower? Where was he in the shower? I don't even know. I think it was after the game. Right. Um, so when we lost, he was there in the shower having a crafty puff. So this info comes from within the club. Yeah, so who grasped him exactly? Ospina. Finger I'm waiting long. He might have connections in Colombia. So that was uh, wasn't me laughing there. But um, no, I, in the background. I, I say he's been. Uh, I don't think we missed him. We weren't missing him in the FA Cup run until the final uh, last year. <laughs> And then we suddenly went, oh, come back to Chesney, all is forgiven. And as I say, just setting up, surely the goalies used to be scared. Playing Sunday morning football, you were scared of your goalkeeper. He'd come out and he'd punch down the ear hole and make you look like an accent if you weren't doing your job. And we just, he doesn't dominate the box. There's no one there. He used to always start the keeper. And as I say, I, I don't <coughs> think, he's not looking like a number one to me. And, and I didn't think that was one of our problems earlier. I thought the problems were the defensive midfield, and cover at the back, and and now it's the it's gone to the keeper, and it's uh, maybe they're blaming him behind, but it's no good playing the blame game. No, I, I think we've got we've got to sort out that number one jersey. Yeah. Without a doubt. I don't think we've got a number five. Who's number five for Arsenal? David O'Leary. Oh, Dean Macy. 
Bates or Ryan Huddart. Really? There, there is a five because it was the Milan, wasn't it? And I saw. Oh, you're number five, number five goalkeeper. No, no, no. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, I'm talking about number like you're not even saying that. Well, well, I'm just thinking that's one thing we haven't, if we haven't got. Um, is that the shirt that's going to get filled? Has the Milan shirt number five been filled? Well, is well there Czech was available at one point, wasn't he? And I don't. Th- I, th- I think it was just a non-starter, or maybe he just didn't want to move to another London club. You know, the Chelsea Arsenal thing's too much. But um, I liked Ospina against Hull, and since I've seen Ospina, I saw him also in a Champions League game. Which one was it? Remind him. You'll start off for ten. Was it um, Bayern? Not Bayern. Dortmund. I think it may have been. No, he came on as a sub against Galatasaray when Chesney was sent off. Oh, that's right. Challenge he shouldn't make. But and they the got two, injured. Yeah, the two full games yeah. were Martinez and Gump. Only played one But I've got to say, Ospina against Hull looked really yeah. solid on crosses. He came out for things. He just And every time Hull did attempt some, court, sort, attempt some sort of attack, I thought, I felt safe. I thought... Spina's back there. I, I've got a bit of a David. I know he's a lot smaller than David Seaman. How old, how old two is? Ospina? Five foot nine, five ten in heels. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> really. You don't fancy when. That's right. Galatasaray got a penalty, and you thought, oh, he's not going to save the penalty, is he? But um, I thought he was kneeling down, but he wasn't. He's was in Cuban heels. <laughs> <laughs> but having said that, he goes out. He he's not scared to go out and do what Chesney does, and that's claim the ball in the six-yard area or even a little out of it. And he, he makes that his his area. So I like Ospina. I think he should be given a chance. Hull have a corner. Did he have men on the posts? I'll vote for him if he had men on the posts. I don't think Hull had a corner, did they? I think they did. They had crosses, because I remember him coming yeah, in and claiming them. All. I can't yeah, remember having a corner myself. I just want to know who puts men on the posts. I don't think Hull could be bothered, to be honest. No, <laughs> no, that's true. No, they were hardly going through it full hell, were they? But David, do you have a problem with players smoking? A, in, in the shower? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, sometimes they're having fun in the shower and being safe. I wish him luck, you know, but... Um, I, I, I think that's a straw breaking the camel's back. I mean, Wenger's proven in the past that if Chesney's not all there in the head, he'll drop him, probably the make-believe injury, which he'll get this weekend, because Wenger's got some faith in Martinez as a reserve. Um, Chesney's not all there this year. I mean, uh, not only did he make those two horrendous errors against Southampton, by dealing with that by sulking with a bottle of water in his mouth for about that 90 Sweet. seconds are you oh, sure it was water it yeah. looked more like vodka to <laughs> me mate well you know well whatever it was you know it, it wasn't steroids I know that much um, he's, he's not quite there I mean I, maybe it's another one of those situations where Wenger turns around to the board and says one thing and they do the other right can you sell or get rid of that useless Polish goalkeeper we've got Leave with me, Arsene. No, I didn't mean Fabianski. I meant the other one. <laughs> if we put Chesney on the market tomorrow, um, or would it be Legia Warsaw? Would it be Lech Poznan who buy him? Because it won't be anyone else. Not good enough. What about smoking? Yeah, that's my smoking question. Oh, the smoking question. Yeah, um, I say, Rod, Rod breaking the, the, the camel's back. I mean, um, I'm pretty certain that Urzel probably smokes. I mean, you, you've seen um, uh, videos that have been going around the internet since got drawn against Monaco. When Wenger was on the bench there, he was having 40 silk yeah. every game. Um, so it, I'm sure he does and let's face it Jack Wilshire after he was punished for smoking outside Strawberry Moons off Regent Street in uh, October 2013 uh, Wilshire said sorry by pissing off to Vegas for a fortnight with Joe Hart and went through all the marvels you can imagine some players are allowed to smoke some players are not and if you're out of form and not good enough anyway that'll be used as a uh, something to beat you with I think in, in the modern game right uh, for, if you're playing for a team like Arsenal and you're a smoker sorry get another job you know, I'm, I, you've got to stop smoking. You want to play for the Arsenal, and you're smoking. It's going to affect your fitness, isn't it? Sorry, you just can't. You can't be a smoker and play first team Premiership football because if you do, you're in the wrong job. Or, or stop smoking. That, for me, that's how I feel about it. Just say no, kids. That is the advice of Bastard. Well, no, definitely. I mean, you know, look, I used to be a smoker. I stopped smoking, and uh, we're the worst, and all that. I'm not. Look, I play five a side, right? My game got better when I stopped smoking. So imagine what it's like running up and down a proper sized football pitch for 90 minutes. <laughs> or, or even a six-yard area. <laughs> Chesney's, Chesney's uh, case. Point well taken, Bastard. Focusing on the positive, we did beat Hull. We are through to the next round of the FA Cup. Something to celebrate. Are we confident of the FA Cup progress at Brighton? Bastille. I've got a, a weird thing about Brighton. I actually went with my dear old mum, God bless her soul, who passed away this year, last year now. Um, and um, she's. Uh, we went to Brighton together to watch Arsenal be Brighton in the FA Cup. And we won 2-0. So the spirit of my mum, we're going to beat them 2-0. And I'd like to go to that one as well. Kev, tickets? <laughs> what about you, Mark? I remember the League Cup at Brighton <laughs> on that, of the old Goldstone ground, that completely open terrace. 
and it lashed down from the first minute to last. I don't think over into wet the game. That was obviously be a different ground, but I, I'd be happy. But the Chris Hutton angle, you know, a Tottenham ex Tottenham manager coming in, that's going to put a niggle in it for me. And uh, I know obviously we sorted him out last year when he was Norwich manager, but I think he'll definitely get the boys fired up for this Arsenal one. So you know, it's just away from home form if you do the basics. Shall I say put people on the post of corners again? Um, we'll be alright but you know I, I think the Hughton angle is something I didn't want him just coming in he'll be rubbing his hands with that one I'm sure What about you um, David? Um, I, I think Hughton is the Brian manager that's in, that's in our favour as he will try and get his team to play football against us which is what he did with Norwich last year we beat him like the proverbial ginger stepson um, it's a fortunate thing we've got um, a, a less than brilliant championship side uh, away but the best and worst thing coming out of that is that Wenger may use this uh, as a very rare occasion to play is, is very, very few reserves. And this may be the only 90 minutes that Mercer Saka doesn't play this season. Um, so, yeah, it's a good thing we get to rest some people. We should beat them on paper, but we should have absolutely destroyed Bradford last year, and that didn't go according to plan, did it? No, so it didn't. See what happens. Does the FA Cup still hold the allure it once did, Mark, for you? Well, I had you know, the, the Wembley semi-final was a bit of a killer. I mean, I thought, here we go, we were out. We got back in that. The final was a fantastic game. Must have, well, just you're all at home thinking of the Tottenham fans, 2-0 up, dancing around the front room, and all the pubs there. So that was great. But for me, and not far away, here we are on Holloway Road, the best bit of the whole thing was that Sunday down here. Now, that felt like there was a lot of spirit in this club. Maybe these people don't get into the efforts to watch the game, but the people out here in the streets around the game, that was the most uplifting thing I've felt. And out the whole day, I saw the bus come down here and it was empty. And I just took a photo, oh, empty bus. It says, thank you, your supporters, you mean everything to us. Time I look back, this bus was full up with people shaking beer off the top of it. All the guys had just got on the bus, piled on, broken whatever it was, holding, holding them off it. And they were just doing their own Formula One style celebrations <laughs> with cans of beer off the top of the bus. And it went up Holloway Road. I couldn't take pictures for laughing. I just thought, it's almost like the fans are back in this club. Mm. And by the time the Emirates Cup comes around again, you think, oh, that was short lived. But that was, that was the day of the FA Cup for me, was that Sunday down here. Did you take, many, day, yeah. did you take many pics of the um, thing yourself, Mark? I didn't, yeah, I didn't put them down. I was just around here, and they tried to corral everyone into front there. And I thought, hooray, it'll be separate people lifting it, lifting it. Yeah. I went out in the street, yeah. and I felt I got, you know, it could have been the 70s, the 80s. It felt like yeah. it was a, a really proper Arsenal one. crowd. Yeah. I, I remember I went up to I went up to the town hall first of all. And it was really, and they, suddenly they closed off all the. In the old days, you'd go around the back streets, and you could yeah. end up right opposite the town hall yeah. in that little side street. And they, they managed to stop everyone doing that. So I walked back all the way, but I managed to, to sneak my way in. I think the phone call to Kev was made actually to try and lie myself in saying that I lived there, and they let me through. So and I got into the bit where the where and what the, the where the stadium is, and then they did the whole parade bit at the stadium afterwards. And I thought to myself, this is at that time I was so euphoric. I thought this is. This is now a rehearsal for the Champions League <laughs> celebrations. This is it now. We're going to we're, we're we're moving on, and I don't feel that way right now. Um, <laughs> I was so optimistic that, that summer. I think we all were, weren't we, for a little bit? And mm. The European was great. How did that compare, though, Mark? You must have snapped quite a few victory celebrations. Yeah, I, I think it was up the there. It was up there. I mean, I'm, I'm you know, bloody start me off and say, oh, in my day, but that was up there, possibly. I remember having a, you know, living in Islington, having a daughter about two. She used to scream at David Seaman when they brought the couplers come down. Enjoyed that from a different angle, being a dad. But I, yeah. I thought that was up there. And the kind of anarchy. They tried to barricade the roads and people climbing over people's gardens. And these security men were getting angry. And I was just videoing it. Everyone was on their phones. Just seemed to be comedy everywhere. And... You know, anarchy, it was great. It really was a throwback. And I thought, oh, we should just like that in the ground a bit more. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. 60,000 they're allowed. The 38,000 that were sitting on their hands somewhere at Highbury, couldn't they have filled that up with another 22,000 of these people, feisty people? But hey, it's that's. Uh, they broke the cordon as well over there because they had these police. It was ridiculous because where, where they were doing parading the cup at the stadium where that supermarket is and that slightly dodgy sauna <laughs> talk about my sauna like that <laughs> sorry about that uh, I've been there it's very good day I'm sure it is yeah, yeah. I'll look forward to it one day uh, anyway so they had the um, 
they had this cordon, and there was loads of room. There was no reason they couldn't let. There were about forty people who they could have let in, and they, yeah. this policeman was going around with his truncheon, giving it, the, you know, being Mr. Health and Safety. And everyone was looking at it and going, "Oh, come on, let them in." And in the end, they just they just ran, they just ran, ran it. That's what I mean. It's yeah. good. It's good. Oh, great days. You know what? That's been, I've hosted three of these pods now. That's been one of my favourite chats. It's been so simply <laughs> negative. It's nice to go right, back. back to business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice to go back to a time Ooh. where we're vaguely happy for 10 or 15 minutes. Anyway, let's go back to the um, shit that's happening <laughs> at the moment. Oh, no, let, uh, let's go to the fact that our German striker, the pod, on this pod, has gone. He's been loaned out. Why didn't he work out at Arsenal? And let's start with the man with, some, uh, with the inside track. <laughs> you, Basti. Hello. Yes, I'm afraid to say I'm going to drop a name. I did bump into Lucas Podolski just the day before um, it came out, it was going to Inter Milan. And um, I was uh, walking down past the coffee cup in Hampstead, and there's Lucas Podolski with a very agenty looking fellow. And he was looking very pissed off. And I'd met him once before at a restaurant. He was really friendly and really nice, right? What was and your conversation time, about that time, Basti? You first at met the him? restaurant. Yeah, he first. Oh, met I, I said, "Have you heard your new song?" The because it was new at the time. And, uh, and he said, "Oh yes, I've heard it. He liked it. It was, it was a friendly meeting because he knew that he was there to do a, a signing or something. Yeah. And it was he was very relaxed. There was no one else there. It was about four people. And so it was quite, um, you know, a little chat. And he seemed like a really nice bloke. Anyway, uh, this second time I, I saw him, I said, oh, I said, oh, hello, Lucas. Like that. He, he blanked me, got really pissed off. And then today, just today, I spoke to the greengrocer. I told him that story. And he said, uh, well, he came up to me as well and he did some shopping. And uh, and I said, so, and, and the greengrocer, Paul, I'll drop his name, said to him. Nice greengrocer? Very nice greengrocer. Best greengrocer in the world, Paul. Uh, helps us move all our stuff when we moved as well, actually. Good mate, yeah, good fella. Anyway, so. Anyway, so he he's, he said to him, "What? So why aren't you getting a game for the Arsenal? Why get? Why is it? You know, why is he not?" And he said, "Well, it is. It, it's you. You better ask Arsene Wenger." And uh, Paul then came out with an insult to Arsene Wenger, and Podolski smiled, and and that that was the last of it. But and this was when the official club line was he pulled a little groin injury and all that rubbish, absolute lies. And I mean, this is what annoys me about Arsenal is when they come out with this this. You know, PR front of lies, just obvious lies. We all know that we'd heard there was a bust up on the training ground. You know, is it possible maybe that Wenger read out the team for Southampton, or was it Hull? Uh, and, and Podolski wasn't in it, and he thought, "Sod this! I'm going to Inter Milan." And why shouldn't he? He's 29. He's got. He wants to play football. He's a brilliant striker. Put him in front of him. He knows where the back of the net is. You know, and yeah, he's a bit of a stroller. He's not like a. He's not a runner. You know, we know that. He's not like Sanchez. But you put the ball in front of him, anywhere near the box or even outside it, he'll give it a damn good crack on target. Which is, you know, which the fox in the box or out of the box. If you'd have played him as fox in the box. Would it, I, I reckon it'd, it'd easily be worth 25 goals a season. David, was you a fan of Lucas? I love him to bits. Um, he had this habit whereby he put <coughs> on the pitch and he scored, but you know, he shot. And you don't shoot. You have to walk it into the goal. If you score a, a goal with 300 touches beforehand... Say so that in a French accent. And <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is there a boom? Um, you don't yeah, shoot yeah, outside the goal. If he, yeah, he, he shot too much and Wenger didn't like it. Um, he was a fan's favourite though, I mean he was always putting his, his face on Instagram and uh, loads of really nice hashtags referring to the club. He got it, he filled in and uh, he became one of us as it were. But I mean when he when he joined, um, his old manager at the German national team, Bertie Vokes, um, he came up with something interesting. What was it he said? Uh, I just need to find this. I wonder uh, why you're on your phone David, I thought you were back on Tinder. Well, no. While Dave's finding it, I'll say, I'll no, say Podolski was a bit like Paul Merson. He felt like one of us. He felt like, you know... There was something likeable about him. Well, I'll, I'll just give a, another side to it. I'm a bit, and I uh, do some work with Lecky, the French Sports Daily. Yeah. Their magazine did the review, Sporting Review of the Year. And the front cover picture was, tell me who scored the winner for Germany in the World Cup final. Uh, little, what's his name? That's little, it. Little little Cruz. Tony Cruz. No, it wasn't. No, 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 no. It was little, little thingies. Gertz. Mario Gertz. On, on the front page with Podolski, Doing a selfie 
with the World Cup in the final. I thought that's Podolski to me, all over the place. He didn't get on the pitch, did he? Yeah. Hardly at all. Did he play a minute in the I World Cup? He, he, sure. play, he played a couple of minutes. Yeah. Well, he played at the end of a game. Yeah. And I just think that's, that's you say, fans baby, but is it a bit populist what he's doing? I'm not sure. I think you've got to earn that a bit. And. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, one of the favourite goals for me was Bayern Munich. Away. We just knocked, Boosh, the, yeah. knocked the geezer flying. Yeah. A captain knocked him over and smashed it in on the near post. As if say, that's how good the defenders are. That's how good that Neuer is, pal. Have that. And that was very positive. But I don't... Who who would you have left out there? Would you say... say the game is about pace now. Welbeck runs all day. Well, let's put it this way. Against Hull or against... Was it a Hull of, where, where Giroud's out? Welbeck's injured. There's no one up front. And you're Podolski and you're not picked, you're, you're going to walk. And I'm sorry, but he, he didn't play for ages. He comes on against Galatasaray, scores two great goals, you know, one in like three seconds or something, and then one right at the end. Uh, both very good goals. He has quality. I think he needs to be managed properly, yeah. and he needs, but he, he had to give him some games. He had to br- there were certain games like Tottenham, but he brought Podolski and, and oh no, sorry, it wasn't Tottenham. He brought Podolski and Rosicki on, and what was the game we threw away? Three nil to three. And Alex. like that game. I mean, I'm sorry, it was such. He was Podolski and Rosicki. I think have been very badly managed because they've been shoved into the corner, and Wenger's just sort of. He's got his plan, Wenger, and they, neither of them really fit into it. I mean, Rosicki's now getting a game, just needs yeah. must, because everyone else is injured. And he's been good though, right, David? I mean, really good when Thomas Rosicki has, has, has had a chance this season. Rosicki? Yeah, he's done pretty well, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely, when, when he's come in. I mean, he's having said that, I mean, he played a couple of games, then got a three-month injury. Um, he had uh, 90 minutes, had to take a week off, because he's too old. He's exactly the same age as me, 3rd of October 1980, bless him. Um, yeah, he's done great. He's done great, and he he do, he do wonders putting out cones at Chelsea or Manchester City. No, I, I just don't think he's had a chance to get a proper run. Like Podolski, yeah, you, you, you can't mean, expect a player to come on with 10 minutes to go against Anderlecht and suddenly do it all right. He made, he made a, a, a right clang of Rosicki against Anderlecht. Really? I tell you what, Chelsea and Manchester City substitutes, they cannot do anything for six weeks, come on and score. And they get paid an awful lot less at Manchester City than they do at our place. I thought Rosicki looked pretty good against Hull, but that was against Hull, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you're point. being very harsh. Thomas Rosicki, I'm a big fan. No, I like Rosicki, yeah. I do. I like Rosicki and Podolski. And I think you need players that are... I thought, what I like about Rosicki as well, he's a, I think he's got a flair and he's got a like the way he drops a shoulder. When he, I mean, there was that little run against Hull. He looked really... I, I think if you give him, give him a chance, I think he's a great player. And against teams like certain matches, you want to play, like against top... He loves scoring against yeah. Tottenham. Play him against Tottenham. I'd say one thing, Bede, is like, from my viewpoint, on the touchline there, long legs, the ball comes up to play with back to you, and often it just goes back the way it's playing. Rosicki, always half-turn. On the half-turn, ready to turn a positive move. He rarely gets it and gives it back to his back four. Yeah. Always on the half-turn. Right. And you want to close a player down and go, there you go, I've done my job, you've given it back. He's with him. And you've seen it before. When they start doing the half term, they back off from that bit. So he makes his own space. And, Very intelligent. And that's what we're missing as well as a player who does that because we've got too much sheepishness yep. in our passing. <laughs> We're looking very, very sheepish, you know. Murtasaka gets it, sort of gingerly walks yeah. forward a bit. Oh no, I better not. Better pass back to the keeper. You know, there's all that sort. Of yeah. it, we haven't got any cut and thrust and kind of come on, then let's have it. Attitude. You do realise these players are following the instructions <laughs> given to them by their head coach, don't you? Murtasaka didn't do that for the German national team. They did all right. You know, I said this on the last podcast. How many times it worked? You come out of a meeting going, "Yes, boss, of course it will, of course it will." But in your head, you're thinking. He's fucking stupid. He hasn't got a fucking clue. As a first-team player, you have to do what you're instructed by the first-team manager. If you don't do that, you'll be made to go to Inter Milan on Monday. Mesut Ozil, come back imminent if you believe the website, so he could be back in four or five months' time. But anyway, he's meant to be coming back. Will he join Lucas Podolski as a player that never worked out? Or do you have faith he can actually live up to his price price tag? Mark, you see a lot of big-name players come and go. Yeah, I I mean, I'm just thinking, was it Sunderland away his first game? And just the way he was picking out Walcott and... um, he just looked instantly the spark Arsenal needed but I'm, I'm not sure where he's going to come to the team now because for me Santi Gazzola is our number 10 guy never seems to be injured rarity you know an Arsenal player not getting injured Gazzola loving the bits but he's been shunted wide ineffective he's playing in the 10 and I think Ozil's going to come in and say that's my position but, but prove why Ozil shunted out wide it seemed to work for Germany but he's hardly 
the star of that team, but he played most of the games in that World Cup. Uh, but for us, it doesn't work. Him out there, with him out there, doesn't work. I, I can't see how he fits in. I, I'd, I'd love to think that maybe there's no excuses now. Maybe I thought the cup final was going to be his game. Big open, big occasion, big open pitch. Here you go, Hull. This is something you've never seen before. No, he hit two 0 down. He hit World Cup on his mind. Maybe plays the World Cup. Is it post World Cup after that? I don't know. But so now there's no excuse. He's, he must have rested from the World Cup. He's got no World Cup on the horizon. He's got to come and deliver now, hasn't he? Can, can he make it, Dave? Um, I, don't, I don't think so for many reasons. I don't think. Well, maybe, technically, he's better than most of the players around him. That's arguable. Um, but he suffers from uh, the Arshavin syndrome or the Nasri syndrome or um, the Rosicki syndrome. I've got an absolutely brilliant number 10 here. Fuck off to the left wing. And he's being played out of position. You know, if, aside from when he's he's getting injured, I mean that's one of the biggest disappointments. I mean, if we built a team around him, that'd be great. Or if he was slightly more manly, we could do what Chelsea are doing with Fabregas, playing as one of the two in front of the back four, and he could be the team's quarterback. And if he's that good at passing, which he should be based on his price and his value and uh, and his wages, uh, it's not too much to ask. But he, he won't fit in our team, and he will rep- replicate Arsenal on two levels. Number one in terms of the fact that he just won't quite fit in and number two the only place he's going to go after us is Zenit St Petersburg because he's not good enough for anywhere else I disagree wholly with both of you good as a fellow countryman (coughs) also Mr Erzor I would like to say that I think that um, the combination of Erzor Sanchez with either Welbeck or Walcott running forward well certainly Walcott's runs Right. I mean, against Hull, by the way, Walcott had a couple of great little runs that, if he wasn't a bit rusty, you know what, he, he might have got one of the two. It was almost a classic old Walcott, yeah, that yeah, when he yeah. chipped it to the right of the post, and you go, why did he do that? He could have walked around the goalkeeper, but anyway. Um, that, that having been said, I think Ozil um, is a quality player. He is a quality player. <laughs> he has quality passing, and I think... Um, if people are making runs for him, together with Sanchez, we've not really seen him with Sanchez together. And I think him and Sanchez together are two world-class players, and Ozil's a different sort of player. San- Sanchez will run his balls off for the club. Ozil won't. We know that, right? But um, nor did George Graham, right? He's a stroller, okay? So let's call him stroller. Let's go with Ozil. Let's get behind him, because I think if he's encouraged and he's loved at Arsenal, and he feels that the, 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 the fans are behind him, he will perform. And he will, he will put, what he can do is put a ball on your little toe, right? And that's all we want. We don't want him to run around. We don't want him to track back and defend. That's not what he does. He puts that ball in that scores. He's had the most assists, right? And by the way, they did a stats a stat thing on him. He actually runs more miles than anyone on the pitch, right? If you do the whole, um, what's it called? Stat, Off to stat thing. Off to stat thing. So he does actually actually get around the pitch a lot. And he's just not felt confident yet. He's not, he's not settled in. But don't forget, um, he's been out for a long time and he's not really had a good run. And don't forget, quality players like Henri and Burkamp took a long time to settle in before they came good. I think... Mesut Ozil could be a, a real asset to Arsenal Football Club. I, I, sound, I sound like an official at Arsenal Firstly, Football Club. it's nice to have some optimism <laughs> oozing through. Can yeah. I just say, where the comparison ends with Stoller George Graham, George Graham never went up the ball, looked behind him to see if the <laughs> defender was there and then duck out the header. He did that a couple of times. Maybe you say, in your system, he wouldn't be tracking back and protecting Gibbs. But when Gibbs has got his man, there's another guy coming in behind. Ball's up there and Ozil looks around and goes, and he just shrugs headers. You cannot, how can you have got to that level of professional football if you can't head the ball in your own penalty area? There, there, there are modern players now that they, they will not go up for it, they won't head the ball. And they're, they're basically, they're, they're not particularly in brave people. No. Um, uh, but they can do amazing things with their feet and get and put in some quality passes which result in goals. So if you've got, you can you can have one. I mean, I've never seen Cazorla go up for a header. Your favourite player. Try, try. Well, I don't know. And to be honest with you, I, I, I beg to differ. I would rather, I would choose Özil over Cazorla most games. It depends. I, I think you've really got to see, pick each game. Cazorla's good, sporadically good, but he does give possession away an awful lot. Not that Özil hasn't as well. I think he does in his deeper or wide position. <laughs> but when he's playing up the top there, he seems to be so confident when he's in. And yet, what does everyone talk about? Football chugging along, final third, that's a difficult place. That's where Cazorla's playing his well, it's, it's in that final third. I think they're both good, listen, both very good players. Can I just say, there was one game this season, I think Sanchez was left out, which I think he'd come back from Chile late, but he went to Villa Park, 
this game doesn't fit in with anything else in our season. <coughs> well back up top, playing like a number nine, centre forward. Ozil as a number ten. Scored one goal, set two up, Ozil played the game, 3 0 up at half time. Second half, we didn't cross the halfway line. We shut up, shot. Villa hardly had a sniff. Thought, hang on, this is and then I must have dreamt that game because you look at the rest of the season it just doesn't fit in anywhere we did dream that game Villa are the worst team in this league in my opinion I mean I think Giroud scored more goals out of London than Villa have scored this season I'll give you one stat Villa v Bournemouth in the FA Cup Bournemouth has scored more league goals in Birmingham this season than Aston Villa have <laughs> this is our last question before we get to the fun stuff as I call it when we have a bit of frivolity at the end do we expect us to recover and go to that miraculous fourth place finish as we always tend to do or would we be, be beaten by Spurs or Southampton that is the pertinent question of the day Basti you first uh, well beaten by Southampton is possibly an option Southampton I mean the way we lost to Southampton away this season and to be honest with you the home 1-0 win was not convincing uh, at all uh, so I would say potentially Southampton I'm not saying player for player but as a team and their manager certainly uh, they seem to have something over us um, that having been said I still think we'll come fourth uh, because if and this is a big if if we can stop getting injured like half the team all the first team basically every 10 minutes because the thing is at the moment as we speak you know we've got Welbeck out we've got, and if players like Giroud stop headbutting people and if you know and if, if uh, do you know what if the spirit in the team and if we all grow up and pull our socks up a bit we've got the personnel right if, if people like Ozil come back and if everyone turns man's up and, and pulls their finger out yes we can come full full better but that the, the question is we do not have the mental strength at the moment Mr Wenger David fourth or below this season uh, Gary Lineker used to give a brilliant quote love, which is football's a very very simple game you're getting your head down for 90 minutes and Germany went on penalties um, <laughs> nowadays it's the same thing but you're getting your head down for 38 games and Arsenal get fourth place on the last day of the season it'll happen again this year um, uh, no, I, I think Southampton are really good um, but they've not been there before and maybe it, it's uh, squeaky bum time as Alex Ferguson said and Ronald Koeman's never been a good manager and he's been sacked from all of his previous jobs so um, I, I think they'll bottle it I hope that they do anyway Spurs have finally come good this season Mark yeah they'll come good until the final game they'll find a unique way to throw it I don't know it's um I mean, the, the one-all, the the, the equaliser that Newcastle got against us, that was the comedy moment, wasn't it? Our last time we got the Champions League, the one that didn't happen. I can't remember us playing at home. We must have done the, the year they went down to West Ham. I, don't, I haven't even looked to see who we've got, but it will come down to it. But, I mean, who's above us? West Ham. They're, they're like the decorations. They come down after Christmas. That's a given. That's West Ham. Southampton, what will Kerman? He could bring in some very useful players on loan with his connections. You're looking at the side they've got now is very good. Everyone said the squad's not good enough. If they improve that squad, they're going to be the team to beat. Tottenham, whacking Chelsea. Does that make you think, hang on, these top two places even? Are, you know, are they certain? What's uh, Man United? You know, I don't know. I mean, really, you could look at it, like a, a lunatic, and go, you know what, this championship's why I don't make we can get these back on these. But I think third's up for grabs, it's, as, uh, as our man over there, many names says, I've forgotten which one's <laughs> usually. He said, if, if they man up, big word there, if, but if they could get it right, the third, third should not be beyond Arsenal. Great. Well, look, let's finish on Thierry Henry. He's now become a Sky Sports pundit. Do we think he would be a future Arsenal manager? No. Why not, Basti? Uh, I think, like many people, I think uh, Omri is probably the best player we've ever had, or certainly up there. You know, is he management material? Tony Adams, you know, I love Tony Adams, I think he's brilliant, but wouldn't want him as manager. I don't know if Henri's got management in him or not. Um, to be honest with you, right now, I'd rather have Ronald Koeman or uh, someone who's proven. You know, let's put it this way: you'd have to go out and manage some other teams first. You can't just get Thierry Henry, who's now, you know, however brilliant he is, to come in and expect him to manage a winning Arsenal team. It would be suicidal. Um, I, you know, however much I love him and I think he's a brilliant player, is he a manager? 
I'm asking you to speculate, Basti. I, I, I personally, personally, I'm, I'm not so sure. I think it might be. I don't know if he's management material. I, I, I don't think so. Basti, can you see anything in our? He's not called Basti. Superstar David. <laughs> um, well. Two ways of looking at it, but no. I mean, one of them is that I think Wenger's going to do a Matt Busby, and he'll go on the board of directors. And uh, the first replacement, Franco Farrell or Remy Gard, will get six months, and uh, they won't make enough money for Cronky uh, and his new Los Angeles Rams. And you know, he's going to get the sack. Wenger will come in as the caretaker manager to the end of the season, scramble fourth place oh, on the dear. last day. Of that. You're then he'll retire, and then a new manager will come in. Wenger's <laughs> mate, Dragan Stoichkovic from the Goya Grand Passage. He'll last six months. Story repeat itself, and um, uh, that's Wenger the men in white coat coming from David there. <laughs> so, so, so you're saying actually Vladimir Putin is our manager? Is that what you're saying? Because yeah. that's what Putin does. He sort of goes away for a bit, puts in a puppet, then comes back again. Yeah, Wenger will be at the club for as long as he wants to. I would have thought he put the Arsene into Arsenal. I think he'll retire in two years. That, well, anyway, look, it won't be on retaking over for a start. He hasn't done any UA for coaching badges, so he, he technically can't. Mark, your favourite Thierry Henri goal? There's a, fe there's a feature in the new issue of the Guna about great Henri goals. If he's not going to be our manager, what's your best memory of what he did for us back in the day? Um, goal against Spurs, which is always handy, which, which me, with all my experience, <coughs> but he, he did me up like a kipper. He just... You know, you see a player on the attack, you think, I'll oh, get my goal mouth lens here. He just kept running and running. He was just outside the box when he got the ball, and he kept running, and he kept running, he kept running. And I'm thinking, as soon as the ball's passed, I'll pick up my other legs. He kept running, he kept running, and rolled into the corner of the net at the north bank. Now, given the opposition, I mean, a lot of people go for the goals in the big away Champions League game, but that one at Highbury, that's the one for me. Well, Mark, it's funny you said he did you up like a kipper, because I, I thought that moment, you just looked a bit like Gary Mabbott. <laughs> <laughs> What, when I was putting my internet yeah. <laughs> Not necessarily his best goal, but a Thierry Henry goal that was personal to you. Oh, Christ. A goal that means the most and the great man. I'd tell this was when we played Charlton at home on my birthday uh, in 2004, 2005, I think it was. He's, he's got a, a great ball through to him from uh, Reyes, and he's on the, the edge of the, the diagonal edge of the six yard box, but he's back to goal, and John Fortune's all over him. And uh, Henri back heels the ball through um, Fortune's legs, and it creeps past Dean Carley into the far corner. Yeah. One of the best goals I've ever seen um, from my favourite Arsenal player uh, ever, who isn't Tony Adams, on my birthday, and I've never seen a player do anything like that. Loved it to bits. Basti, your favourite Henri memory? I was in the clock end uh, when he turned the Man United player and did that one that's on Match of the Day now. And by the way, can I just say, match of the day, although they hate us and although there's a conspiracy, whoever does the titles must love us because there's so much arsenal in the titles of match of the day, isn't it? There's the programme, there's, there's like that old programme with Alan Sunderland and there's, a, yeah, yeah. there's all bits everywhere. It's like, so we know that whoever The Brady goal, the wise aren't late. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. Gary Lineker definitely isn't involved <laughs> in the titles, no, no, we know that. Um, but uh, yes, that it was when Henri turned and it just went in and we just went ballistic. I mean, it was just such a great moment. I've got an imaginary, that's the real one, I've got an imaginary one as well, which was his second goal against Barcelona in the Champions League final, right. Right, also in front of me, which, which we then went on to win the Champions League final with 10 men against Barcelona. Oh, oh no, I've just woken up. That was one that I got all lined up with my camera gear. That was it, <laughs> that was my big you should. That was, you did it, Dave. Yeah, yeah, it's your fault, Mark. But look, we're finished with Mark because we're very lucky to have you here today, Mark. And Simon Rose has tweeted, what was the photo that got away? The one you wished you'd taken? I want both an Arsenal one or any team shot. Well, it's funny, the Arsenal ones, I've, I've captured some great ones up here. Like shots like Wayne Breach slotting the ball past the layman. I mean, you get to a game and you get a position, you stay there. It's all on the top, run around end-to-end -end doing Arsenal attack. I've got to be somewhat professional but, and I was behind the net when Naeem popped that one in past oh, I'm, I'm a real I was on the halfway line actually oh, so I've, I've captured and I was one one that I've been a perfectionist I was sat at the Anfield Road end 89 and I was sat in one position about 80 minutes and it, my Michael Thomas goal picture from there would have been perfect but one of those lovely Merseyside policemen said you can't stay here you've got to move I said I've been here 80 minutes that's fucking long and off and they bring those big clubs out so I moved and I've changed lens and I've got the Michael Thomas goal but I've got half a grobler in I've had it better from that angle but my biggest miss is probably counting frames that nobody does now digital England in Turin uh, the match is over I've got a roll of film popping away the players walking off there was the matches used to end 
and people used to walk off the pitch. There wasn't this come to the fans and all this. So Gascoigne's getting a bit nearer and nearer. Terry Butch is putting an arm around him. I'm thinking, hang on, he's having a bluff here. This is good, this is good, this is good. Firing it, firing it. Oh, he's coming close now. What's he doing? Look down, frame 36. Is he going to take his shirt off? I've got one frame left. What do I do? And in the, he does that, kisses the badge in that split second. And oh, that's what he's going to do. I've missed that frame, you know, through that. That hurt, but. It was another somebody else got it. Though, didn't they? Somebody else got it. They, they oh, reminded, you're, you're rest exactly, assured someone exactly. else got it. Because somebody else got a picture, which and one more was <laughs> even worse. Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, '99 Champions League final, the ball came straight towards me, and the most dry firing. Any one of those four frames would have done. Beautiful. Send it back with the guy who's going back earlier, and he processed in our Islington office, and the LEB decided to cut the electric off and my film's going through the processor all ruined and so every time I see that pe- or people ask me oh have you got that Ali Gunnar show let me tell you a story well the LEB came- no 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 yes or no mate you know, but they're, they're the worst they're the worst I'd like to think you know I was there on the pitch 89 getting all the celebration shots I got the Michael Thomas goal I'm not greedy I don't I don't need any more than that that's that's the fantastic just night perfectionist there though Mark eh? yeah. always wearing that little bit more yeah yeah my word. Well, thanks for that, Mark. Good to have you on the pod today. But before we say goodbye, we're very lucky that Kevin Witcher, editor of The Gooner, is here in the house at Pirate Corner to tell us about the next issue of The Gooner. Hello, Kevin. Hello, Mark. Hello, listeners. Kevin, on what pie did you have tonight? I had a Dennis Bergkamp, which is very tasty indeed. Excellent. So, uh, recommended highly. And I uh, hope the listeners are enjoying the ambience of Highbury Corner and the Holloway Road piping away in the background. They have hosts as well. Ambulance. Uh, <laughs> well, a bit of both tonight. So, uh, regards to the new issue, it uh, comes out on Sunday against Stoke. Um, obviously, the standout feature has already been mentioned, which is uh, six pages of memories of Thierry Henry's goals from uh, lots of our contributors. There's also an interesting page on uh, the adaptation of an Arsenal membership pack into a guitar. Um, fully illustrated, a uh, wonderful thing. I, I hope you, you enjoy that. Uh, there's a piece on Arsenal's golden age after World War II when they were winning trophies, and uh, uh, also one on uh, developing a relationship between uh, Oxlade Chamberlain and Callum Chambers on Arsenal's right. Although that was uh, scuppered now by the return of Matthew like Before World War II. Arsenal winning trophies. Well, they also had a good time after the investing. You know your Arsenal history. Is that by Brian Dawes' article? Uh, no, it wasn't actually. No, it was no. the 50s though. 47 won the league, 50 won the cup. league twice and the cup once. So we could have won the double one of those seasons. Anyway, so £2.50 and uh, we'll also be selling, for those of you who didn't make the Christmas games, we'll still have the issue with the Art, art of Arsenal calendar that was on sale over Christmas from our sellers. So uh, on your approach to the ground, please stop and buy one. Excellent, thank you, Kevin. Could I just say, if it wasn't for the Second World War, that Chapman Whitaker side could have gone on to win. Heaven knows what in that those years. Hitler guy's got a hell of a He's got a lot to answer for because we could have ended up with like three doubles. On <laughs> um, that bombshell, it's time to finish. Um, bombshell, like exactly. it. <laughs> Our Twitter address, and thank you for your tweets tonight, is at Guna Podcast. <laughs> Email Guna Podcast at gmail.com. But that's it for this time. We'll be back next February, uh, early Feb, so look, look out for that on your iPods or other MP3 devices. Um, but thank you to the panel. Thank you, Basti. I had a Dennis Berg camp as well, by the way. Very good. The pie at Pybury Corner. Excellent. Um, what did you have, David? Uh, I had the ox, uh, which was ox, cheek and venison. Wonderful. Nice. Mm, wonderful. Excellent. Brilliant. I had the Tony Adams had a bit of Terry Herlock shin in it. <laughs> <laughs> I can rest assure you all, there is no bit of ex-players in the pies from here. and will be a fantastic host. Thank you very much, Pirate Corner. That's way too many plugs. Done very, very well for your first um, hosting of this podcast. Anyway, that's it from me. That's it from the panel. Goodbye. That leaves us one thing to say and to do. La di da di da, la di da di di. All good friends and jolly good company. Hey. <laughs> so you remember the thirties, but not the forties. What happened to you? Well, you were around. What happened? The war.